0: Welcome to Science or Fiction, a podcast by sci-fi author Michael James Sharon. In this program, we'll be discussing science, fiction, and the often-blurred spaces between the two. Here we try to dispel common scientific misconceptions by both Hollywood and the media, even that which is meant to be educational. My background includes a Bachelor of Science and Master of Arts in Physics the experience in both R&D and production. I hope you enjoy these podcasts, and if there are comments or input, please direct them via contact page for my website, michaelsbookcorner.com. Recently, I had another fix of one of my favorite movies, which is Independence Day. Though there are many cliches in this film, I've always thought it was cleverly done. I'm also binge-watching the X-Files series on Amazon Prime. It is the characters and tongue-in-cheek humor that make these as entertaining as the mysteries and terrors of extraterrestrial intelligence. The depiction of Area 51, based upon the popular lore, is priceless. Though I often denigrate Hollywood, we have to realize that they too are under severe restraints. They allow outside censorship and often self-censor areas, either consciously or unconsciously. That being said, they could demonstrate far greater courage than they do. According to an article in Business Insider as of 2014, quote, If Hollywood wants to make a movie about anything having to do with the military, there is one man they have to woo first, Phil Strub, entertainment liaison at the Department of Defense, since 1989. Strub, a former Navy videographer, is now the sole person whose call it is to greenlight or deny a film's right to military cooperation on everything from accessing information and advisors to using the Air Force's planes or the Navy's ships. Quote, the War Department has actively and perhaps coercively been involved in Hollywood production since the film industry began. It was during World War II that the government built their own state-of-the-art studio in Hollywood for the purposes of creating internal training, and external propaganda films. The studio burned down not long after due to improper storage of the volatile celluloid media. Actors such as Ronald Reagan, already too old for active service, made gung-ho flicks to buck up an already eager public. According to Business Insider, the film Captain Phillips, for example, used a U.S. military-guided missile destroyer, an amphibious assault ship, several helicopters and members of SEAL Team 6 who play themselves, but are not on active duty, all courtesy of the U.S. Navy, who are able to work the shoot into their training. Fortune notes that quote, even in an age of special effects, it's exponentially cheaper to film on actual military ships with real military advisors. In short, if filmmakers wish to impress the audience with expensive military hardware and or personnel, their scripts must be submitted to government bureaucrats for approval so you can believe that anything treading on their sense of self-importance is not going to make it to the big screen or netflix or it is no deal on using their deadly toys one very good example where producers had to make do is the film apocalypse now coppola several times requested the cooperation of the u.s military and was denied on the grounds that he would not allow them final say on his script. The feeling was that his plot involving the U.S. Army assassinating one of their own, in the insane Colonel Kurtz, was not something they would ever endorse. Those who question the mysterious death of General George S. Patton might differ. Shot in the Philippines, Coppola's paid Fernando Marcos or his government for the use of their Bell helicopters typical of those used in Vietnam. The Philippine helicopters were part of the Philippine Army, utilizing their own on-duty pilots in several hairily dangerous shots. Each day, markings on the choppers were changed from U.S. Army to Philippine government insignia and back again. At one point, many were called away from military operations against communist insurgents. Dr. Matthew Alford and Tom Secker offer convincing proof that the U.S. Department of Defense, CIA, and FBI have for decades used various means to manipulate content and even deny production of certain Hollywood projects, often using national security as a pretext to censor film and television. Alford and Secker point out that the Home Guard, those reserve forces outside the National Guard, provided tanks for the infamous feature film D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation in 1915 in which black slaves revolt against their masters before the Ku Klux Klan ride in on horseback to save the day. Using the Freedom of Information Act, the authors gained access to files that exposed the extent of government censorship in films between 1911 and 2017. The DOD, Department of Defense, or Pentagon, provided military equipment and advice and even allowed members of the military to make appearances in exchange for some degree of control over the content of 814 films. The authors continue, quote, If we include the 1,033 TV titles in our count, the number of screen entertainment products supported by the DoD leaps to 1947. If we are to include individual episodes for each title on long-running shows like 24, Homeland, and NCIS, as well as the influence of other major organizations like the FBI, CIA, and White House, then it becomes clear that the national security state has supported thousands of products. There's so much to cover regarding government control of the media that it will be covered in depth in a later podcast. Going out on a limb, this episode begins to explore the question of visitation by extraterrestrials past and present. It is such a broad subject that there are Will no doubt be several subsequent episodes addressing different aspects if there is definitive proof or any hard evidence as opposed to speculation here please contact me and enlighten me i have not been down this rabbit hole sufficiently to reach a conclusion for the record i believe that life is abundant in the universe based upon the research i have done strictly from the standpoint of physics biochemistry and probability i did a search for proof of alien technology using duckduckgo and came up with this list of arguments the list is meant to somehow be proof that our industries are reverse engineering extraterrestrial wizardry the article begins with this quote the fact that aliens are able to travel distances of hundreds of light years to visit planets in other solar systems or galaxies is an emphatic proof of the supremacy of their technologies This argument is circular, i.e., ad hoc ergo post hoc propter hoc. After this, therefore, because of this. The statement assumes a priori that aliens have already come to Earth while offering no evidence. The next paragraph offers more of the same. While many things have been known to mankind before, the jump in technology during the 1950s and 60s surely tells us that there was some guidance that led man to come up with technological advancements like never before alien theorists believe that this jump in technology is basically a product of reverse engineering on the alleged crash alien spaceships which were rumored to have been captured in 1947 in roswell new mexico and many other places in the next few years here are some evidence that reverse engineering of alien technology is indeed a reality this paragraph makes the same assumption in that alien spacecraft have already crash-landed, not only in Roswell, but in several other places. Again, no facts or evidence are offered. We are to base the rest of the article on the line, The alleged crashed alien spaceships, which are rumored to have been captured in 1947, in Roswell, New Mexico, and many other places in the next few years. Here are some evidences that reverse engineering of alien technology is indeed a reality. This article then proceeds with a list of reverse engineering examples to make any critical thinking person's skin crawl, not to mention the poor use of English. Number one, the metal titanium was discovered in 1791, but it was only after 1950 that it started being used for military aviation for the making of fighter jets that fly at incredible speeds. This is a meaningless statement, as the conclusion does not follow from the premise Many metals were discovered but not used at the time because human know-how did not yet exist. In the early 19th century, aluminum was extremely precious, since the energy required to smelt it was beyond anything practical to produce significant quantities. A small pyramid of aluminum was placed at the top of the Washington Monument, as it was still a precious commodity. In the Bronze Age, iron has been found in jewelry for the same reason. Number two, the commercial and military application of fiber optics was not understood until 1958, albeit the fact that it was first demonstrated by Swiss scientists Daniel Caldon and Jacques Babinet more than a 100 years before in the 1840s. Again, industrial processes were not advanced enough. The principle of total internal reflection was long known. Chemistry itself, though, was still very new. Technological advancement does not move in a linear fashion. The pace is rather exponential based upon the work of many who have come before number three it was in 1947 when americans came up with the design for the transistor a key element for the making of multiple electronic devices while attempts to make something like this were on for years it was not before november 1947 that scientists could come up with something like a transistor you may want to be reminded that roswell happened on 8th july 1947. now actually the principle behind the point contact transistor was discovered in the 1930s this statement is self contradictory in that research had gone on for years before concluding that only a breakthrough based on alien technology made it finally possible today's billions of transistors on a chip have little or no resemblance to a schottky diode it could not have been copied to create one further It's hard to believe that anyone could reverse engineer alien technology in less than six months. While bulletproof vests were known in use even in World War II, the quality of vests shot up suddenly during the Korean War, item number four. I don't know how the writer concluded this. Silk was used as protection against arrows by the ancient Chinese. Up to ten layers of cotton was effective in the mid-19th century, and silk again by 1881 for stopping low-velocity bullets. Plate steel has been used since the 16th century. If referring to nylon fibers prior to the use of Kevlar, then that was developed in the early 50s but proved rather ineffective. This is another Roswell insinuation. Item 5. Lasers are an indispensable part of UFOs, and it was not before 1960 that humans could build something like it. Irrespective of the fact that Albert Einstein had established theoretical foundation for lasers early on. They needed some practical examples to copy from, it seems. First of all, how are lasers an indispensable part of UFOs? The statement makes no sense. Though it is interesting that the microwave laser or maser was late in development, all of the principle for its operations, save for Einstein's stimulated emission paper were centuries old. Again, the date based only on the alleged Roswell crash is all the author has. Number six, the night vision cameras invented in 1963. Concept of night vision devices are allegedly influenced by the Roswell UFO that had windows through which the borders could see outside at night without the use of any additional light source. Generation and detection of infrared light was understood in the 1940s. The technology for a high-enough-resolution detector array took that much more time to develop. Number seven, microchips are evidence of reverse engineering of alien technologies. Since the end of World War I, scientists across the world have been working relentlessly to come up with a solution that would be minuscule in size but carry out many tasks that much should do. It was only in 1952 that the theories for the microchip came to light. Well, this is another conclusion based upon Roswell with little respect to research in how microchips were developed or the path along which they follow, let alone the patterning of semiconductor wafers. The logic behind using two-state devices was around in the 1930s. They then used tube transistor computers developed in the 1940s as a necessary step toward integrated circuits. Remote control... Was discovered in 1955, item number eight, which is believed to have been taken from concepts of aliens as recovered from the crashed spacecraft. This is dead wrong. Nikola Tesla was the first to develop practical remote control by radio, which, contrary to popular belief, he invented rather than Marconi. He developed this with a model boat, which he operated via a transmitter with a receiver built into the boat both the united states and nazi germany developed remote control weapons during world war ii number nine in 1987 physicist bob lazar claimed he had worked on a secret project that targeted the reverse engineering of the technology used by aliens in their spacecraft as per lazar the u.s government has as many as nine of these spacecraft in their custody this again is argument by mere assertion or hearsay and a classical logical fallacy it is used by climate alarmists, those who claim masks will stop COVID and other charlatans. Bob Lazar may be absolutely truthful and correct, but we have as yet no hard evidence. Number 10. A claim from U.S. Army veteran Philip Corso in 1997 also makes it evident that U.S. military officials did carry out reverse engineering on the crashed spaceship that was found in Roswell in 1947. The first two words of this statement a claim are again simply an assertion or a conjecture that we are supposed to believe. Granted, people making such claims are offering themselves up to severe social, political, and professional ridicule for doing so. If they prove to be correct, then they are to be applauded. But as the saying goes, extraordinary claims demand extraordinary evidence. Personally, I do not know whether to be excited or terrified at the thought of extraterrestrial visitation. If it is indeed the case that such visits have been going on for years, then I doubt they are an existential threat to humanity. I could be wrong in this also. Perhaps their governments, if they are still so primitive as to tolerate them, are just as lame and inept as ours in getting anything done of a positive nature. If their ships keep crashing, then perhaps this is the case. If they have been visiting us, then they are exceedingly good at keeping a profile just low enough as to be non-provable. As alluded to in the X-Files, perhaps they are indeed in collusion with world governments and the cabals that control them. The government-media-academia complex is highly adept at concealing information in plain sight, altering or disappearing data and or those who put it forward. None of this can be ruled out, yet none of it can be proven without the proverbial smoking gun. From what little I've gathered on the Roswell incident, is suspicious to say the least, but like so many government conspiracies, proven or unproven, who do we hold responsible? Governments are merely a small number of people forcing us to pay them. It is a group of killers, thieves, and liars. With all of their lofty words about justice or openness, they consistently come up short. Files are redacted, Freedom of Information Act requests are ignored or given only mild lip service. Government is by the government and for the government. This is why we have to laugh when we hear of new CIA or military disclosure with respect to the UFO phenomenon. Notice I won't be led to adopt the new moniker UAPs. Are we to expect that after many decades of denial and avoidance, that the powers that be will turn 180 degrees to suddenly be straight with those they steal from minute by minute? Regarding the name of this podcast, science or fiction, question mark, I have supplied commentary on the logical fallacies invoked by some of the arguments. Various cultural artifacts and eyewitness accounts are extremely tantalizing, but science needs something far more concrete to analyze. The inductive reasoning implied falls far short of anything tangible. Even if this exists, the chances of getting artifacts independently verified outside of government or other entities may abscond with the item itself or falsify their data are a key issue trust no one i hope you've enjoyed this program written and presented by author michael james sharon in conjunction with my many science fiction novels please visit the website michaelsbookcorner.com to see what is on offer a complimentary ebook is available for joining the mailing list. This podcast is available on most outlets such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Anchor FM, Amazon, and also on YouTube under the playlist Science or Fiction. Look for the host on Instagram, Medium.com, or Twitter under at Classic underscore psi underscore fi. Thank you.